How many of you guys are excited to be here this morning, amen? I need you guys, Miss Jeanette is not in here, so I need you guys to all be Miss Jeanettes for like 30 minutes for me. Uh, so I need you to shout. Can somebody shout for me this morning? Can somebody amen? I mean, you got to, I need Miss Jeanette. I don't know where she's at. I don't know if she's upstairs in the children's ministry, but I need a room full of Miss Jeanettes this morning to just uh, cheer me on. Uh, this morning, the title of my message is Let God Be God. I want you to touch five people right now. Get up, and I want you to say, let God be God. You got to get up out of your seat right now, and you got to find five people, and you've got to say, let God be God. Let God be God. Amen. Oscar, if you can throw that first slide up that I sent you earlier, I want, I want to show you guys something that I saw the other day. Uh, it says, okay, yeah, that's perfect. He retyped it. Okay. It says this. I want you to read this. It says, I feel bad for kids today with all their electronic gadgets. I'm talking to you young people right now on your phone, all that stuff. I feel bad for you because they'll never know the simple joy of throwing rocks at each other. Some of you old school, I grew up, and listen, how many of you have siblings right now? How many of you have siblings, okay? I come from a family of four, and I have two older brothers and a younger sister, and me and my brothers used to play this game called Rock Wars. Anybody ever played rock, a rock war game where you literally were throwing rocks at each other? Now, as a kid, I didn't understand or realize, like, it really wasn't a war because I didn't have any rocks to throw back. Um, we grew up, and... And we had this fort in our backyard, and so my brothers would just say, Rock Wars! And me and my friends would get so excited because we would run into the fort. And do you guys remember those turtle sandboxes? Did anybody have one of those turtle sandboxes? I love the turtle sandbox. So we would take the lid off of it, and we would kind of use it as a shield in our fort. And we had this one area where all these rocks were, and my brothers would stand there and just throw rocks at us. And we absolutely loved rock wars and it was crazy because the only rocks we could throw back were the ones that hit us first and so uh it was just funny because we would just be in the house and if, if you grew up with brothers or sisters or family you just know like who who think of right now that 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 time you're thinking about right now with your siblings was just awesome and so my brothers would yell out rock wars and me and my friends would get super excited we would run into the fort and uh, we would just hide while rocks were getting launched at us. And I've been hit with bricks. My brother threw a brick one time. And so I tell you that story to explain what's wrong with me, okay? I grew up getting rocks thrown at me. Uh, no, I actually share that with you because uh, as we look at the book of James, you got to understand about something about the author. This is the brother of Jesus, okay? Now, you need to understand that James did not believe in Jesus while he was alive. So for 33 years, James did not believe in Jesus. He grew up watching Jesus do miracles. He watched Jesus do great things. And I think James gets a bad rap for not believing, right? Like people talk about him. But if my brother who threw rocks at me came and said I'm the Messiah, I would say, yeah, right, dude. I mean, like seriously. 
If one of my siblings came to me and was proclaiming to be the Messiah and the Savior, I'd be like, there's absolutely no way. So I'd have a hard time believing that one of my siblings was the Messiah. So I don't give James too hard of a time because I would be in the same situation because you grow up fighting each other. Uh, you know, Jesus probably didn't throw rocks at James, but I'm sure, I'm sure they had moments where James was like, there's no way this dude's the Messiah. And you need to understand that, listen, Jesus made it a point after his, after his uh, resurrection, uh, after he had died, he made it a point to go see James, and that's when James actually gets converted. I mean, Jesus literally had to go after he died and say, look, I, I, I am who I say I am, and James was finally converted uh, into a Christian and a believer, and he goes on to live this awesome life and, and ministry and all that, but for 33 years, he, he didn't believe his brother was the Messiah. Anybody ever struggled with doubt before? Anybody ever have questions? Listen, Jesus is not afraid of your questions. He grew up with a brother who did not believe he was the Messiah. He's not afraid of your doubt. He's not afraid of your questions. He's not afraid of any of those things. And I, I encourage you, listen, anytime you have doubts or moments of, of questioning if Jesus is the Messiah, I, I say take it to him. Ask him. He's not afraid of it. He grew up with a, a brother who did not believe in him. He's not afraid to show you who he is. And that's what I challenge people all the time when they have questions or doubt. I say, listen, go, go ask him and let him show you who he is. How many of you got, have had an experience where Jesus has showed you who he was? Amen? Amen? James chapter 1, uh, verse 1 starts like this. It says, James, a bondservant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ to the 12 tribes which are scattered abroad, greetings. So James starts off and he says that he is a bondservant. And then it goes on and it says this, it says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. I'm going to read it from the New Living Translation. It says, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. As I was reading this, and I've been reading this, I've been wanting to preach this for a while. As I was reading this, it, it kind of, it, it sticks out to me because James says, listen, count your trial, count your trouble as an opportunity. An opportunity for what? For joy. I don't know about you, but I've never sat there and looked at my trial and looked at my trouble and said, I'm excited about this. I can't wait to go through it. I'm serious. I've never looked at the, 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 the bank account and said, I don't know how we're going to pay the bills, but I'm so excited. <laughs> I've never had a family member who was sick and, and, and who, was, who was struggling and fighting for their health and looked at it and said, God, I'm so excited that they're sick. And so as I read that, I automatically was like, man, James says, Look at your trial, look at your trouble as an opportunity for joy. So as I read that, I was like, man, James had to have figured something out. I think James finally got to a point where he was like, man, I've doubted God my whole life. I've doubted Jesus my whole life. And I'm going to trust him. I'm going to watch what he does. It goes on to say this, for you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance, your endurance has a chance to grow. When your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance 
to grow. Now, listen, this is where we don't need to get mixed up and think, listen, God is not testing you. I think sometimes we look at the situation and we think, oh, God's testing me. God's not testing you. Life is testing you. I, sh I shared uh, with somebody, I said, life sucks sometimes. Some of y'all should be amen and like, yes, it's hard. Jesus said it himself, in this world you will have trouble and be of good cheer because I have overcome. Listen, this world is tough and the test is just being here. Amen? How many of you were tested recently, right? I was tested driving down 360 the other day. Somebody just tested me. And I'm proud to announce that I passed that test because I just, I, I, I said, okay, God, I'm not going not gonna to do it. I'm not going to allow my flesh. I'm not going to allow fingers to fly. I'm not going to allow words to come out. I'm not going to allow any of that stuff to happen. Amen? For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. How many of us in this room want to grow? How many of you want to grow? How many of you want your marriages to grow? How many of you want your finances to grow? How many of you want your relationships to grow, your, your, your success to grow? Listen, I'm telling you, the key to growth is trouble. Listen, you want to have a good marriage? Have some fights. You understand? Go through some stuff. Any married couples in here can testify that? You want to have a good marriage, go through some trials. Go through some trouble. Go through some mess together, right? Because that'll tell you right now, like, hey, I ain't going nowhere. Me and that woman right there have been through hell and high water, and I know she ain't going nowhere. And she knows I'm not going anywhere. So if you need, listen, if your marriage is shaky, there's a reason because God is trying to grow it. If you're going through a hard time, if you're going through a difficulty, God is trying to grow your marriage. And that happens through trial, right? If, if you want your finances to grow, right? God is saying, give, give. As we end the year, you're like, man, God, I'm praying for new opportunity. I'm praying for a promotion. I'm praying for God to advance me and grow me. I'm telling you right now, you want to know how to grow your finances? Give. We've tested God and he has proven himself time and time again to be everlasting and faithful in our finances, but it was not always easy. Amen. And so if you want your finances to grow, give. But the key to our growth is our trial. Say the key to my growth, say it, right? The key to my growth is trial. So let it grow for when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete needing what? I want to read that one more time. So let it grow. What's he talking about let grow? Your faith, your endurance. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. How many of you guys would like to leave this house this morning needing nothing? Some of you came in with a lot of needs. How would you like to walk out of here needing absolutely nothing? That's my prayer this morning. Let's pray. Father, we thank you this morning for your word. We thank you for your faithfulness and your goodness, God. Holy Spirit, I just pray right now that you would have your way. God, I pray that we would step out of the way this morning and let you be God. 
God, we trust you, your faithfulness and your goodness. Holy Spirit, I just pray right now that you would touch hearts and lives. Let none of us leave here the same way that we came in. Let us be impacted and transformed by your presence, your anointing, and your word, Lord God. God, we thank you that at 325, God, our Cowboys are going to get win number five. Come on, some of you need to shout for that in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. So we look at this scripture, and, 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 and James is giving us, he's giving us the formula to growth. He's giving us the formula of maturity and growing. Listen, some of you have been saved a really, really long time, and you have not grown in a really, really long time. Some of you have been saved 10, 15 years, and you're still, listen, when trials come, when situations happen, you still worry, you still doubt, you still question. And so James is giving us the formula for our growth and our maturity. How many of you know want to mature and you want to grow? Amen? Listen, I love when Paul says this. Paul says, listen, you're still talking about sin? You're still talking about battling with the flesh? He calls it milk. He calls dealing with sin and temptation. He's like, that's baby stuff. Jesus took care of your sin. He took care of all of that at the cross. Leave that there. And let's grow. Let's mature. Amen? And so this morning, listen, we, we need to have a desire. We need to have a heart that says, God, I want to grow. I want to mature, God. I don't want to stay the same that I am right now. Listen, I'll tell you right now, I am not the same man I was last week. Because when you get alone with God and you get in the presence of God, God begins to reveal and he begins to touch and he begins to show you things. And you're like, man, God, I don't know if I can do that. And he's like, listen, I'm growing you. I am maturing you. I am changing you. Listen, God doesn't just come in and save you and leave you where you're at. He comes in and he wants to mature you and he wants to grow you. I'm not the same man I was yesterday. I've learned that, listen, I want to take every day, I want to take every opportunity, and I want to grow from it. Amen? I said some really stupid stuff yesterday. And I'm not going to say the same stupid stuff tomorrow or today. I want to learn from those things. I did some things. I've, I've grown and I've matured. But it didn't happen overnight. It was a process. And I believe that's where James is wanting to lead the believers is, listen, listen, you've got to understand your growth and your maturity is a process. And the way that it's going to be processed is through trials. It's through trouble. It's through heartache. It's through heart, your heart being broken and stepped on and beaten. It's, it's through bad relationships. It's through making financial mistakes. It's through all of these trials God is growing you and he's maturing you. But the first thing that we need to understand, listen, the first thing that trials do to us is they humble us. They humble us. James realized and he understood, listen, trials have a very powerful way of changing us and growing us. And the first thing that James would say to us right now is in your trial, be humble. Because I don't know about you, but I've faced situations and circumstances in my life that I could not fix. Everybody ever been there? I couldn't fix it. I sure tried. I sure tried to fix it. I sure tried to handle it. I sure tried to do something about it. But here's the thing about trials is there are things in this world, there are things in this life that you can absolutely do nothing about. And so a trial will humble you. Anybody ever been humbled by trial before? 
where life just kicked you and said, what's up? I'm serious. Where life just said, what are you going to do next? What are you going to do now? And it humbled me, and it should humble you to say, listen, I can't do anything about this. But I know who can. And I know who will. Let God be God. Be humbled in your situation. Be humbled in your trial that says, man, God, I can't fix this. I can't handle this. But you can. James, later on in, in chapter 4, he says this. He says in James 4, 7, it says, so humble yourselves before God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Some of you have heard that before, right? You, you, you've heard the resist the devil. And he will flee from you. Anybody ever heard that before? You ever heard the first part of it that said, humble yourself before God, though? What James is telling us is that, listen, as you humble yourself before God, when the enemy comes, you can look at the enemy and say, you've already lost, dude. You've already been defeated. So go on and get out of here. Come on. You've already lost. Humble yourself before the Lord. Resist the devil and he will flee. One of the hardest, most difficult things to do, though, is humble yourself. I've had many people come and say, Pastor Nate, pray that God humble me. Pray that God would humble me. I'm seeking God, and I want him to humble me. And I say, no, God's not going to humble you. It says what? Humble yourself. Some of you need to write that down right now in big, bold letters. Humble yourself. Stop trying to be God. Stop trying to fix it. Stop trying to overcome it. Humble yourself. And that is a daily thing that you have to do. You've got to wake up, put your feet on the ground, and say, God, I am humbled by you. What that means is, God, I give you control. Have your way. Have your way today. That means, Holy Spirit, whatever you need me to do, I will, I will change my schedule for you. I'll move some things around for you. You ever felt the Holy Spirit just kind of nudge you? And you're like, man, God, I can't stop and do that right now. I got too many things going on, especially right now in the Christmas season. We did it the other day, and I, ah, it broke me. We were on our way, actually, on Thursday to the, to the memorial service, and we're driving, and it's raining. It's cold. We saw a homeless man with no shoes. And I didn't stop. I didn't stop. I didn't, I didn't stop. He's standing there in the rain and he had so socks and sandals and I didn't turn around. I didn't turn around. Because I had somewhere I needed to go. We had somewhere we needed to be. I didn't stop. And the Holy Spirit said, it's okay. Because next time, guess what? You'll stop. Next time you'll stop. I was humbled. And I grew. And that's what we need to do. We need to submit and say, God, I'm, I'm humbled by what's happening around me and God I'm just giving you access to my life and I'll do what you need me to do and it was a very obvious need right like I didn't need the Holy Spirit going hey dude he doesn't have shoes on 
I just knew I needed to and I didn't. But you know what? It's an opportunity for me to grow because I've humbled myself before God and said, God, next time I'll be late to wherever I'm going and do what you need me to do. Amen? The second thing that I think that, that James would tell us this morning through our trials is to be still. Be still. Be still. Man, in our microwave generation, in our instant, constant, constantly going, constantly moving, constantly have everything going on all at once. Listen, how many of you in this room actually take time to be still? To be still before the Lord, to get alone with God. Psalm 37, 7 says this, it says, Be still in the presence of the Lord and wait patiently for him to act. When you're going through a trial, when you're going through a difficulty, when you're going through something in your life, listen, the psalmist says this, Be still in the presence of God and patiently wait for him to act. That is probably one of the most difficult things, especially for me to do, is to sit back and patiently wait as God moves, as God works, be still. The Bible says, be still and know that I am God. What he's telling us is through your trial, through your storm, through your difficulty, is that you can stop. We constantly want to fight. We constantly want to go. We constantly want to change. We constantly want to fix. And God's saying, I just want you to stop. Do you understand that when Jesus went to the cross, the Bible says that he didn't say one word. There was a reason for that. There was a purpose behind Jesus going to the cross and not saying absolutely nothing because guess what he was doing? He was being still. And he was waiting patiently for what was about to happen. He didn't say anything. You ever tried not saying nothing? Man, that's the hardest thing in the world to do. Don't say nothing. Don't say anything. Let God be God. Be still. Stop. Listen, if you're going through something right now, here's my advice to you. Go home and be still. Be still. Don't make a move. Don't make a change. Don't do anything. You be still and you wait for God to do what he's about to do. Do you understand? Be still. Be still. And watch as God works and watch as God moves. Watch as God uses that situation. Watch as he changes things and moves things. Listen, I've screwed up God's plan so many times in my life, it ain't even funny. Because I wouldn't stop and be still. Just stop and be still. And know that he's God. And know that he's working. The psalmist said, be patient because he's acting, he's moving, he's doing something. Do you understand that? Like he is fighting for you. He is battling for you right now. You may not see it, you might not ever see it, but he is fighting for you right now. And all you have to do is what? Be still. I love that song, Defender. Oh, it's so powerful because she's talking about spiritual warfare. And what did she say? She said, you just, all I have to do is lift my hands. All I got to do is worship. All I got to do is be still and watch my God do what he's going to do. 
That's all I got to do. That's how we fight. That's how we fight. When our trials and situations come, we be still. Be still and wait. The last thing that I believe James would tell us is to be strengthened. Be strengthened. And I think I changed that last night, so it's probably a little bit different on the screen, but be strengthened. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. Be strengthened. I've been going to the gym for the last, it's going on six weeks now. I've lost 15 pounds and uh, I'm doing it before Christmas and I did it during Thanksgiving. That was the hardest thing to do. I'm telling you, I'm going sh to share this. Listen, before Thanksgiving, I had lost 11 pounds, and I gained it all back in like two days. <laughs> I'm not even lying. <laughs> I was scared to weigh myself after Thanksgiving, and I did, and I gained it all back in like two days. So discouraging. But I didn't stop. I went back to the gym, uh, turned up the intensity. And what I've learned, what I've experienced as I've been going back to the gym is that, listen, I have to, I can't. The weights that I lifted yesterday can't be the weights that I lift today. Do you understand? The weights that I lifted yesterday can't be the weights that I lift today. I got to go heavier. They got to get heavier. Do you understand? Because that's how muscles grow. So the weight that I carried and that I lifted yesterday can't be the weight that I lift and I carry today. Now, let's think of that in a spiritual sense. The weight that you lifted yesterday can't be the weight that you lift today. The trial that you're going through yesterday can't be the trial. It's going to get heavier. It's going to get harder. It's going to get darker. It's going to get lonelier. It's going to get more difficult. But you better believe that you are being strengthened. You're being strengthened. The other night... Tiff was amazed. She woke up and Hannah Grace had fallen asleep on the couch. And when we woke up, she was in her bed. And Tiff was like, how did you get to your bed? And Hannah Grace goes, Nate carried me. And I go, yeah, because I've been going to the gym. <laughs> Hannah Grace ain't a baby no more, y'all. <laughs> that girl right there, man. And I mean, asleep. You ever carried a, a full-grown kid asleep? Like, that's dead weight. I knew I was training for something. Like, I was like in the gym, like, this is the moment <laughs> that I've been lifting all these weights for right now. All right? I mean, my baby, she ain't little, y'all. Okay? And I lifted her up and I carried her to the bed. So excited, too. Be strengthened by your trial. Let the testing, let the difficulty, let the trouble strengthen you. Let it grow you. And I believe as you do these things, listen, he makes a very bold statement here at the end, and the worship team can come back up. He says, as your, as your endurance grows, as your patience grows, then you will stop needing. It says you will be complete, needing nothing. Because you will have come to a place where you realize that Jesus is everything that you need.
Jesus is everything that you need. I don't need more money. I need more Jesus. I don't need a promotion. I need more Jesus. I, I need more Jesus. And if I'm ever going to get to the place where I've, I'm growing and I'm complete and I don't need anything, it's when I finally get to the place where I realize I just need Jesus. No matter what I'm facing, no matter what I'm going through, Jesus is all that I need. This morning, you need to get on your feet right now. You need to lift your hands towards heaven, and you need to just begin to declare, Jesus, you are all that I need. If you're going through something right now, I want you to stand up, and I want you to lift your hands towards heaven, and I want you to say, Jesus, you are all that I need. Stand up. If you're going through anything in this, and in, in, in you're going through a trial, and you're facing a difficulty, I want you to stand up, and I want you to lift your hands right now. I want you to humble yourself. Because you've been trying to fix it, you've been trying to change it, you've been trying to do something about it, and God's saying, I got you. I want you to be still right now. And I want you to allow the Holy Spirit to strengthen you. And in your spirit, you need to settle that. You need to leave this place saying, I don't need anything but Jesus. He is the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end. He is the answer to my trouble. In my time of need, when I called on him, he answered. Jesus, you are absolutely everything that we need. And God, we repent for getting in the way. We apologize for trying to fix things and change things, God. So this morning, God, we humble ourselves. We still ourselves. And we wait as you strengthen us through our trial and our trouble. God, you know everything that's happening in this room right now. You know every trial, you know every trouble, you know every difficulty, God, right now. And I pray that the Holy Spirit would show us and reveal to us, God, that you are using it to grow us, to strengthen us, so that we could be a people who needs nothing. That we can trust in the Lord with all of our hearts. to depend on ourselves we don't have to lean in on our own understanding God but that we can trust you and trust your plan for our lives we're about to worship for one moment and I want you to worship right now like somebody who needs Jesus I want you to forget about who's around you forget about who's next to you and I want you to just worship like you need Jesus so if we'll hit the lights back there and let's just go into a, a moment of worship. Let's just still ourselves right here in this moment and, and humble ourselves and say, Jesus, you're all that I need. We're going to open this altar right now and we're going to worship God. So right now, if you need, just come to the altar right now. I'm going to be right here. I want you to come and join me and say, God, we're just going to worship you. And we're just going to declare that you are absolutely everything that we need, God. We're going to let you be God this morning in Jesus' name. You can come forward. Amen.